Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Drive Time Radio. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It is uh, just after 8 o'clock. You are listening to Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, your congenial, happy, newly quaffed host of uh, this radio program. But we are joined by the Ukrainian uh, piece of art in the background that uh, uh, we've been using on our shows this week with Michael and uh, have been using as uh, just a, a way, a small way to support the people of the Ukraine who are undergoing uh, more massive shelling this morning, bombing, uh, just a horrible situation. Uh, and it ties into automotive because it is the excuse that many people are using uh, that sell gasoline to jack the gasoline prices up. Um, prices were going up anyway before the war, the uh, Russian oil ban uh, that we have seen uh, President Biden uh, put in effect this week will affect um, 8 to 12% of the oil that we use in this country. So it's not a major factor in oil prices. But uh, you know, people are going to uh, are going to think what they want to think and I see a lot of anti presidential stuff on there because they're Biden's jacking up the oil prices. Do do yourselves a favor. Do me a favor. Do mankind a favor. Go on uh, a reputable site uh, that deals with uh, gas prices and, and oil prices and learn the mechanics of how the price is determined. The president has a little to nothing to do with the price of gasoline uh, that you're paying at the pump. And certainly not in this situation. It's not that President Biden is saying, go ahead and jack it up another five. Let's see how much they can stand. But there's somebody in a room at an oil company doing that. And there's somebody in a room um, at, a, at, a, at a jobber doing that. And there's somebody in a room at another place doing that. If there's somebody that holds permits to be able to drill for oil on private land and on federal land, who's saying, well, you know, let's not quite drill yet. So that's where your gas prices are being hiked from. And you can believe um, what you want to believe because you're going to believe what you want to believe. You can, you can believe that cadre of people on Facebook and Twitter and, and social media that have gone from being experts in um, uh, communicable diseases to now being experts in the price of gasoline. It is an amazing country. You know, we always keep saying that, oh, man, people are, you know, uh, America people are dumb and they don't, are not educated. And this, no, no, no. All you need to do is look at Facebook and see the number of people who just a mere three or four months ago knew everything they needed to know about a communicable disease and how you got it and how you didn't and why you didn't have to wear a mask. And now those same people, exact same people, are experts in the pricing of gasoline. God bless America, my friends. God bless America. Uh, but anyway, we are not going to see any relief, at least in the immediate future, uh, for gasoline prices. They are almost unbelievable. When you look at the, the, the numbers, the, 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 the sheer movement of the numbers over a day, over a 24-hour period, is, is is off the charts. <laughs> I, it, it's almost it's 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 funny. In one respect, uh, it, it, and that is that 
we're catching up with what the rest of the world has known for a while. And it's also funny to see how many people who have these, uh, the, the, these oversized vehicles are now having to either park them, use them less, or certainly start to think about selling them. I, I predict to you that within, I don't know, four or five months, you will be able to go to uh, any lot on Aurora and buy a huge full-size American pickup truck for a lot less than you could have uh, the first of this year. A lot less. People are going to be dropping them like hotcakes. When it costs you 250 bucks to fill up your car, um, and you're working as maybe a, an electrician or a plumber or something along those lines where you make decent money. But now you got to make choices between do I drive this gun to pickup truck that maybe I don't really need. Maybe I can get along with a smaller pickup truck. Or, you know, do I, uh, do I go out and I find a smaller pickup truck? something that doesn't have all the luxury bells and whistles and everything like that, but will cost a lot less money to operate and to maintain. It's a, it's a question that is going to face us all. I know I have made less trips uh, in my car over the last two weeks that I, uh, that I have I mean, I'm a guy that gets out every day and goes for a drive. I mean, I drive these different cars and I, you know, I'm not driving them as much. You know, that, that, that long trip that I take, that 300 mile trip that I take in the car uh, up and back to the border or uh, over to the, you know, wherever I'm going or out to, uh, uh, um, you know, George or something like that. I'm not taking that trip right now. Because the price of gasoline is just ridiculously off the charts. There are a couple of things that you can do to um, help get more bang out of your uh, out of your engine, more mileage. Very simple things you can do. Very simple that will get you at least close to the optimum mileage out of your vehicle. Here they are. No, no, no big, uh, very common sense things. Number one, correct air inflation in your tires. Make sure that your tires are inflated to the factory recommended specifications. It is one of the simplest things in the world you can do. And I will bet you any amount of money you want to bet that if we went up on Aurora Avenue on Highway 99 and we stopped 10 cars, nine and a half of them would have the wrong uh, amount of air pressure in the tires. Accounting for heat and cold and everything like that. They nine and a half out of those 10 cars would have the wrong because it's something that is just people don't do anymore. You know, in the old days, you went to a gas station, uh, the attendant came out and checked the tires for you. That, that doesn't happen anymore. So that's the number one thing you can do. The number two thing that you can do is change or clean the air filter in your car. Most cars have them in a box or on top of the uh, carburetor. Uh, but wherever the air is taken into the engine, make sure that that filter is clean. That is maybe the most, uh, the, the second most important thing you can do. You would be shocked 
at how many miles a gallon an air filter, a dirty clogged air filter will cost you when you're driving your car. It's amazing, but it's true. I've seen it time and time again. If you want to spend a little extra money, get yourself a, uh, a K&N air filter. They raise the, um, the gas mileage that you get out of your car. They're better filters than the original, a little bit more expensive, but the K&N filters have been proven time to time to give you two, three, four miles extra a gallon. Something to consider. They're available at, uh, you know, most uh, auto supply stores. Or you can get them online for, directly from K&N. By the way, they don't sponsor me. It's just an idea that I've, I use them in my cars and have used them uh, for years. And they have um, really done a nice job. That's k and Air Filters. And I just want to jump in, too, if you're a little uneasy about changing the oil of the K&N filter. Uh, K&N actually makes AEM, which is another brand of air filter, and their dry flow. So you really don't need to oil and do all that extra stuff to clean it. You just, you know, rinse right, it off right. and wipe it off. It's a yeah, little bit so easier just- option, but made by the same brand. Yeah, it's an easy thing you can do to give yourself a few more miles a gallon. Even if you just used it, if you don't want to change it, you just want to stick with whatever make uh, you have and just use a regular Fram or whatever filter is available. The clean air filter will pay off. Believe you me, even if you just blow it out, it's one of the things that nobody looks at. That, you know, they, they look at it when you go in for service, but nobody looks at these things, but yet it's an important part of getting the maximum amount. The third thing is clean your trunk out. The stuff you have in your trunk, if especially if you were one of those people like me who carry tools or they carry luggage or they carry a, a snowblower, you know, 10,000 heavy pieces of whatever it is in the back of the car, in the trunk of your car, will and uh, weight to your car, which will decrease the mileage that you get in your car. Again, easy, take the stuff out of the trunk of your car that you carry around in there and put it in your garage. Again, it's not going to give you 20 miles more a gallon, but it's going to give you something. It's going to, you know... It's going to help you out. It's going to lower the weight of the car and the weight of the car. And, and, and you know, this is something I'm doing, too. You can also lose a little weight if you need to, like me. <laughs> probably give you, a, you know, you, you laugh, but being somebody who has gone up and down in their uh, body weight over the course of my lifetime, there has been definitely an improvement. In gas mileage, I get when I am lighter as opposed to heavier. You think about it and you say, all right, how much could it be? But I remember one year I tracked it when I was on, on a, a diet. It was on Nutrisystem one year. And uh, I, I forget, I think I got a couple of miles extra a gallon when I was at the lower end of my weight, around, uh, you know, 200, I don't know, 200 pounds, 225 pounds than I was when I'm at the higher end, as I am now. So you can save money on food and on uh, gasoline. So those are the immediate things that I can tell you to do to your car. Make sure it's tuned up. Make sure that uh, the plugs are clean and, and, and correctly gapped, the spark plugs. Uh, that uh, your air, well, we talked about the air filter, but your gas filter, any other mechanical devices like that that have to do with gasoline are in proper working order. And I think you will be shocked at how much um, your mileage increases on a two or three or four or five-year-old car, just on those items alone. And plus, 
the safety factor of having your tires correctly inflated uh, cannot be uh, overstated. You know, uh, there's so many things that can go wrong when you have the wrong amount of air pressure in your tires. Uh, you know, uh, um, handling problems, problems in the curve, blowouts. I mean, so many dangerous things can happen to you. So uh, those are just a, a four quick things that you can look at on your car to improve and get more bang for the buck out of your gasoline, uh, your gasoline, your gallon of gas. And it's so important in these days. So important. Uh, because I don't think this is the, the gas is going to start dropping anytime soon. I just don't see that on the horizon. So I think that those things right there, something you can use today. You can do it this afternoon when you go out to the car wash to wash your car off. When you go to Costco or wherever you go today, uh, you know, find yourself an air or, or just drive into it. If you can't do it, drive into a Les Schwab, drive into a Costco uh, tire center, drive into one of these places and ask them if they have a couple of minutes. You have to wait a couple of minutes, uh, but if they have a couple of minutes to check your tires, make sure they're properly inflated. Um, it is it's just, I can't overstate the importance of doing that. A couple of other things real quickly uh, that we have. Uh, Volkswagen made some news this week by introducing uh, the production version of their electric ID Buzz, which is their minivan, which looks like and feels like, there you see it, the Volkswagen bus of days gone by which was an extremely popular car. As a matter of fact, when I saw this, I said, if you've seen Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, or The Doors live, the car you are waiting for is here. Now, this, and I think it's a, it's a stunning-looking car, all electric. I think that the ID Buzz is going to um, gonna make people fall in love with minivans again. I just look at it and I say it's it's not only is it sustainable mobility, not only is it is it electric and it's not going to use gasoline, but it goes back to that microbus that so many people loved. Many people also cursed at it because if you were trying to go up a hill behind one, good Lord, it took you a week. But it's just a, a stunning vehicle that, that brings back the Volkswagen tradition and also um, makes sense for today's world. Uh, the first versions uh, that are going to be uh, sent into the European market will have a 200 horsepower electric motor. 229 pound feet of torque. Um, leather will be replaced with non-animal materials, recycled materials, organically based paint. You will have the um, the Europe, and also you're going to have the panel van, which I love. I love these things. I mean, you, you talk about cars that you're going to see on the road. <clears throat> Excuse me. These will be introduced um, this year for sale in Europe, a longer wheelbase passenger model comes into our market, the North American market, uh, in 2023, and will go on sale in 2024. So it's still going to be a little bit of a wait for it. But, um, you know, the concept has been floating around for a while, a concept vehicle. Uh, but this is what the production version is going to look like, uh, albeit with a few changes here and there, but a stunning, I think, uh, vehicle that, you know, mixes up the old and the new. Uh, for those of you who remember these vehicles, they were fun. They were, uh, you know, uh, you could throw 10 friends into it and go to the beach and go here and go there. And, and it was, uh, it was the hippie bus. 
How many people got to Washington and got to California in one of these things from back east or wherever they were uh, they were coming from? But the DNA is there. The VW logo is um, uh, present on the front of it, like any old ones, and it really uh, looks cool. I I can't wait to see if they do what I hope they will do, and that is make the pickup truck version of these. And you see them around. Um, you know, it's got that, it looks like a flatbed. It's got the, the cab, but it cuts off right behind the doors. And then it has the flatbed where the sides fold down, one of the most practical pickup trucks you've ever seen. And uh, just a, a, a work of, not only is it, is it a car, but it's a work of art. Again, all electric. And um, it's going to have all of the safety features. If, if there was one knock on the folks, the old Volkswagen bus, it was that you were sitting right up on top of the road. Something hit you in the front. You, uh, you didn't have much of, uh, of any protection in front of you. This has, as you can see there, a little bit of hood in, in front of it. And, uh, and again, all electric. It uh, is really, I think, going to be uh, going to be pretty uh, a, a pretty popular vehicle. Uh, I don't think you will get uh, be able to get one right off uh, right off the bat unless you know a Volkswagen dealer. The one thing that I thought was interesting when I was reading about this is uh, it's going to have a top speed of 145 miles per hour excuse me, uh, 145 kilometers an hour, which translates to about 90 miles per hour. And I just, I mean, I've gone 90 miles an hour in a Volkswagen bus, <laughs> but it was definitely a harrowing experience. I'm sure that these are going to be uh, a lot safer, a lot more uh, family friendly. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. And by the way, this will not be the first uh, electric Volkswagen bus. They actually premiered one many, many years ago in Europe. Uh, they had a rear-mounted electric motor. It had a 52-mile a, a range. And it was, uh, it was something that uh, Volkswagen was very high on, even back then, 50 years ago, on electric vehicles uh, for the urban part, uh, you, you know, customer that uh, use these probably more mainly. I mean, I think most flower shops had a Volkswagen van as a delivery vehicle, didn't they? So that's the, the big news. The other big news uh, this week from uh, the automotive world was the introduction uh, by Honda, uh, actually Acura, of the Acura Integra. They are bringing those back in a hatchback style. Uh, very, very uh, cool vehicle that many people, especially um, young people, desire this Acura Integra. And uh, they've styled it up. They put it on 17 or 18-inch wheels and uh, really made it an, a, a really sharp-looking car based uh, about on the Civic hatchback. Uh, the, the shape is there, as you can see. Uh, well, you can't see because I don't think I sent uh, Nathan the picture of it, <laughs> but. <laughs> kind of reminds dad. me of the front of like a Honda Civic and then the back is like a Genesis coupe. Yeah. It, yeah. It's got it. Can you uh, post a picture of it uh, by any chance, Nathan? Um, um, uh, but, let's probably not do that since I had to grab it from, you know, somewhere uh, that's probably got the ownership rights. Uh, it, most of the pictures are, well. All right, I'll uh, I'll see if I can grab it on this end, which I think uh, I'm looking at the Acura uh, media site. And uh, let's see if we can. Anyway, I don't want to spend so much time on it, but a very sharp looking car. And uh, one that I think uh, Acura, uh, you know, is, is going to give you an upscale Honda Civic. The kids will love them. Uh, it'll be a great car that uh, will be actually introduced at the right time, which is uh, a good on gas, little luxury vehicle uh, that has some zippiness to it. 
interesting that it's a four door. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pretty interesting that it's a four door. Yeah, uh, you know, I think they'll probably be at some, some point. Honda traditionally does two door versions of their vehicles, uh, some of their vehicles as well. I, I don't know if they'll go down to the Civic. I know the Accord uh, had a two door version uh, that uh, people love. As a matter of fact, I helped a friend of mine buy a two door standard shift um, Accord. Not so many years ago, uh, like three or four years ago, I guess. And uh, she loved the car. She thought, you know, she still has it. She still loves it. This car will be available with a standard shift, I am hearing. It will cost you more money in a strange twist. It'll cost you more money to buy a standard shift accurate than it will to buy the automatic. A complete reversal from uh, the other days. So that is, uh, that, you know, that's something that you will, uh, uh, that we'll have more information on as the weeks uh, roll by, but certainly an interesting vehicle uh, for a lot of people is something to uh, keep the Honda owners happy. But, uh, you know, again, the, uh, the, you know, going back to the Volkswagen, uh, you know, both of these marks, uh, the Integra and the Volkswagen vehicles that you haven't seen around for a while, and uh, we'll now be back in the uh, automotive public consciousness. Also want to mention this morning that uh, our friends at Shoreline Cars and Coffee, if uh, we were out there a couple of weeks ago, they have moved their location in the lot. So if you happen to be driving down to Cars and Coffee in Shoreline and you don't see them in right there where they uh, usually were, in uh, the parking lot in front of the market, uh, look in front of China Buffet. Uh, the people at China Buffet have uh, graciously um, allowed them to park in their lot. So you have to look a little bit more, but um, uh, you know, it's worked and it's, uh, it's a nice morning. And I think, uh, you know, going to Cars and Coffee is a great way to talk about cars, listen to the show. It's, it's almost like if the show was presented in feel around, you know, you could go and you could look and uh, <clears throat> look at all the cars uh, that are out there. Right. Time now for our favorite segment, which we couldn't do last week because Nathan decided that he wanted to go back and visit his new little niece. So now we have him back again after his uh, long trip there to uh, to the East Coast. Uh, Nathan, what do you got for us this morning, Nathan? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan. First, let's ask you, Nathan, how were you? How was your trip? I thought you were going to ask me what I was driving when I was in Kentucky. Oh, well, man. Well, I'll, my... <laughs> get you. I'll get you. Don't rush me. <laughs> my God, this, this, this guy, you know, we, we give him a couple of shots on the air now all of a sudden. <laughs> when I go on vacation, I'll just let you host the show. Um, how was your trip, first of all? Oh, it was excellent. I mean, of course, the best part, you know, even more than a cherry on top was holding little Genevieve in my arms for the first time and. Boy, there's no feeling like that when you just take your first niece, nephew, daughter, or son, whatever it is, a newest member yeah. of the family, and hold them in your arms and cradle them and bounce up and down and really a lot of love. Yeah. And yeah. Just it, immediate connection. It really is. So, so does that make you now um, want to be a father? It makes me, well, I got to be, I got to be the godfather. That was part of the deal when I was going out there. And the reason why was so I could be at the baptism and, you know, yeah. become the godfather for little Genevieve. There you go, man. There you go. Well, congratulations. In addition to being the right. what, what did you uh, drive when you were back there? We had a Honda Accord. I believe it was the LE version, pretty base model uh, that we got in uh, from the rental car yeah uh, 2019 i think it was because i was surprised to see that was a 2019 because usually you get a more recent but i guess with the car shortage they've been holding on to their cars for a little bit longer yeah it's, it's well you don't see, what company you rented from it was budget well we went through costco what? but uh yeah. we ended up oh, getting to budget to yeah yeah their, their car rental prices are phenomenal uh costco uh, with the different companies that they, uh, so you liked it. It was roomy, right? It gave you enough room and enough power. It's, uh, 
Yeah, I think some of the fleets are holding on right now because uh, it's tough to get, number one, it's tough to get cars. Number two, it's uh, the cost of the cars up. And number three, I think they're looking at the used car market, seeing, you know, if it's going to increase and maybe hanging on to the cars, figuring they'll sell them for more at a later date. Who knows? I, you know, I don't, I don't sell uh, rental cars. All right. Well, let me tell you about what I'm driving this week. Uh, what am I driving this week? Oh, yes. <laughs> Took me a second to figure it out. They have the Subaru Forester Wilderness Edition. Um, it's a great little car. Well, we drove the, uh, the, the Outback Wilderness Edition, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And uh, I don't know, it, maybe this will jog your memory a little bit. I parked it out in front of a Trader Joe's. And immediately had people like, you know, gathered around it and looking at it and kind of, uh, you know, checking it out a little bit. Uh, and some a lot of it. Well, last night I figured I'll go a different direction. I parked it in front of a, uh, the PCC uh, down here on Edmonds Way and same reaction. Uh, more, You know, I, I mean, you know, it's a parking lot where if you drove in with a brand new Corvette, somebody would say, eh, 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 but drive in with a hopped up Subaru and it's much a different story inside the car is comfortable. Uh, it's uh, this one happens to be uh, in a uh, uh, camouflage green type color. It looks like almost like an army vehicle with black wheels and it, um, you know, it looks the part. <laughs> it looks like you're driving, uh, you know, a, a, an army vehicle almost uh but it's a, a very cool green uh you know a military green color with black trim black uh claddings and so on and so forth on it if you want to look at pictures of it i'll put them up on our uh, uh facebook page here in uh, right after the show and it's just a very very uh you know it's a forester it's a subaru forester so it gives you all of that stuff plus they also install special suspension and other special items that make the car much more um, adaptable to go off-road. Uh, some of the knocks on Subarus have been that it's a great car, it's great in the snow, but maybe you don't want to take it too far off-road. Uh, Subaru, I think, is trying to uh, fight that image a little bit with this series of wilderness. This car, as you'll see in the commercials, uh, that you uh, see on TV for, which are very well done, might I add, uh, that, you know, the car is, uh, they are trying to uh, toughen up their image a little bit, if you will, faced with the competition of, uh, you know, a new electric Hummer, uh, the Ford Bronco, and um, other off-road vehicles, the Jeeps uh, that are coming out and you know, people are, uh, you know, to try to get into that a little further off-road category. This one will take you up to the top of the mountain as opposed to just the cabin and let you hike the rest of the way up. Uh, anyway, uh, very sharp car, very enjoyable car, and we'll have a full uh, review of it next week, but uh, certainly a car that I'm uh, excited about driving and very excited about uh, also... Uh, because I'm a study uh, or a student of how people react to cars, uh, definitely like seeing people's reaction uh, to this car. It's, it's something, something worth seeing. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back, um, talk a little bit uh, about a car that is uh, near and dear uh, to my heart. <clears throat> uh, it's a classic car. We sometimes tell stories about classic cars, and we will do that uh, today. This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Nathan, the producer, is along for the ride, as he is uh, almost every Saturday morning, and we're here to service your automotive needs on 1150 KKNW. Well, 56 is almost gone. Only three more days. We made a lot of friends, sold a lot of Chevrolet. But let's not wait till New Year's Eve. At some time past 11. Let's go explore what lies in store for 1957. May 
57 bring you all its best along the way. Good health, good friends, good times galore in your new Chevrolet. The big buy in the low price field will win in any test. All point-by-point -point comparisons show Chevy leads the rest. Enjoy the special air of springtime, clean and new. Enjoy it every bit as much inside your Chevy, too. The outside air can breeze right through this brand new intake vent, improving air supply as much as 22%. May friends add to your happiness, and may days be filled with fun. And may you often have a chance to choose your favorite one. In Chevrolet, you have a choice no other car can touch. Five engines, five transmissions. Only Chevy has so much. And may you reap the harvest of the highways across the land. And when again the end of one more year is close at hand, and you count all the good things that you've gained along the way, perhaps the best of all the rest will be your Chevrolet. And although our show is far from being over, on behalf of your authorized Chevrolet dealer, let me wish you a very happy New Year. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, back with you here on Drive Time Radio, New York City, hanging out on a Saturday morning. And we thank you for coming along for the ride with us because uh, without uh, you hanging out with us, uh, you know, what would the show, what would, what would life be? Anyway, um, I wanted to take a moment this morning to... Uh, pay tribute, uh, you know, from time to time, for certain reasons, we delve into cars uh, of the past, because we know that a lot of people that listen to this show like the uh, cars uh, that are out there today, but also that uh, we like to hip you up, as uh, they might say, to the, um, to the cars that are out there uh, that are no longer. And one of those cars that I decided to pick this morning to, uh, to alert you to it, if you have never seen it, but I'm sure many of you have, is uh, maybe one of America's uh, unsung cars, the Ford Falcon. Why, Vinny, did you pick the Ford Falcon? Well, it's a simple reason. My lovely sister, Marianne, uh, who is turning, um, well, she's having a major milestone birthday tomorrow. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how old because it's really not polite, right? To, to uh, say, I, I mean, I don't know, it's old school, it's sexist and everything like that. But I was taught that, you know, a woman's age, leave it up to them to tell you what it is. I don't know why, I don't, you know, but that's what it's so I'll honor that. Anyway, Marianne is, uh, you know, my, my younger sister, younger sister, and I love her dearly. She has... Uh, been just this incredible person in my life and early on in her driving career uh she was uh, she for some reason i don't remember exactly how it all came about but she fell in love her second true love besides her uh, husband is uh, the ford falcon uh she had a i believe it was a 68 or 67 Ford Falcon, two-tone blue with a dark blue on the bottom, a light blue on the top, and a uh, lighter blue interior that was, um, I, I think, in many ways, uh, <clears throat> about as close as a person and a car can get, did Marianne get with the Ford Falcon. It took her everywhere. As a matter of fact, it took me and her and uh, uh, more across the country and back on uh, what can only be described for Marianne 
as a trip of torture. Uh, we, uh, we, we certainly, uh, certainly, uh, uh, we, we needed to go cross country. Uh, my, my, my brother and I need to go cross country. And we decided uh, to take a camper. And on the last day before we were supposed to leave, the camper's motor blew up and we couldn't take it. So we turned to Marianne and said, how would you like to take a trip to California? And she looked at us and said, no, not really. And we looked at her and said, oh, how would you like to take a trip to California? And she said, no, I don't know if I want to go. And then we looked at her and said, well, you better take a trip to California because you got a car that runs. And so we hijacked her into this trip. And we went across country. We drove from New York out to Malibu and back again. And uh, wow. And really, we're very mean to her on the trip as brothers and sisters you know how that works it's not a it's, it's not a anyway but the car we took across country was her falcon and it was a, a, an amazing car it got us everywhere we needed to go it was small enough that it was good on gas and big enough that it allowed us to fight with each other <laughs> and not have to sit directly next to each other. The Ford Falcon came about really in the uh, early, uh, late 50s. It was thought up at Ford um, as a, a car that saw the future of cars. That it was, uh, it, you know, the big cars might not always be the cars that people wanted going into the showroom. And American Motors prove this with the Rambler. From the Rambler, uh, people started saying in Studebaker, the Lark, people started saying, well, maybe America wants um, a less humongous, better, smaller car. And uh, so the Falcon was born to really go up against uh, the Chevrolet Corvair. Uh, both of them hit the market in October 1959. Also, Plymouth with the Valiant as well. Uh, the Falcon was probably the more conservative out of those three, as the uh, Plymouth had the great Chrysler styling, and the Chevy Corvair, of course, was rear-engined, and gee, only the Germans did that at that time. <clears throat> anyway, introduced in 59, 144-cylinder, uh, six-cylinder, 144 cubic inch, made about 90 horsepower, and um, was uh, really kind of uh, took America by surprise. They started selling them. But what was more interesting is a lot of people started making hot rods out of them because of the weight of the car and the feel of the car. It was a smaller car. And so Ford responded to this um, by making a Futura model, uh, and also building it in a Ranchero, a small pickup style. Uh, but the Futura models added some style and uh, some, uh, we, we put bucket seats and a floor shifter and uh, some other and, and uh, things that they put in there. And also, by the time it was all said and done, a V8 engine. And with the V8 and the four speeds, these cars really started to take off among the younger set, the set that wanted a, a little bit of speed. Almost a million Falcons built in the first two years alone. Now you can see something happening here with the Falcon. Yes, you can. All of a sudden, uh, engineers are saying, well, wait a minute, uh, this chassis can also be used or this body can also be used, this platform can also be used to make a sportier car. So why don't we do that? So the intro, while they had the sprint, they also said, well, you know, Lee Iacocca said, let's, let's make a little more of a sports car. And so in 1964 and a half, the Mustang was introduced. Same platform. Falcon Mustang, you take the fenders and everything off, same car. Uh, Model change, uh, a, a major change uh, in 1964. 
they rancheros, convertibles, hardtops, and even vans now uh, with V8 power and six. They kept the sprint around, but after a while started to knock it off because they wanted to push the Mustang and the Mustang came along. But that um, design that came out in 1966 really uh, forced the Falcon or that design that came out in 64 and a half with the Mustang really forced the Falcon back into being more of a family car, a people mover as opposed to a hot rod. They took away the hard tops. They took away the convertibles. You had two and four doors to dance. You had wagons and rancheros. And they did do a sports coupe a little bit later, uh, but uh, it was a very smartly styled. It had a little bit of the Mustang look to it. Not a lot. They didn't have the slanted grill. You didn't have the short, but you had a longer hood, a shorter deck. And um, some other interesting items that really, you know, made it into production, into the design. Uh, but again, uh, the Falcon was uh, reverted back to being uh, a family car. Also, they took it off the Mustang platform, which was now, instead of the Falcon platform, was now known as the Mustang platform. And they switched it over to a uh, shortened Fairlane, which was their midsize uh, Chevelle fighter. Uh, and it was an interesting car that, handled nicely uh had enough power for what it needed and uh was was again with the uh, two-tone colors and so on and so forth really um fit the bill for a smaller car in, in many ways uh it was a better car than the nova until uh until 68 when the nova went with a different design and i think eclipsed the falcon anyway uh, the um the car continued uh, until 1970 and a half when they took the, they discontinued the Falcon because the Ford Maverick came out. And that was really essentially the new Falcon. Uh, but they brought the Falcon back in 1970 and a half as a Torino. Uh, so you had a, a two-door, four-door, and a four-door wagon. It only lasted a half a year, but that was the... Uh, the huge Falcon, and you could actually buy <laughs> a 429 cubic inch Super Cobra Jet Falcon in its last year. Maybe the fastest Falcon, uh, production Falcon ever uh, put out there. Very big in the racing environment. Holman Moody and uh, Bill Strop uh, brought free <laughs> raced V8 Falcons uh, in uh, NASCAR and in drag racing. And it really uh, became iconic uh, cars at that time uh, as road racers at European rally racers and uh, drag racers and also in Monte Carlo. Now, the Falcon continued in Australia for many, many, many years. Um, Matter of fact, to this day, but with things going the way they're going in the world, uh, a lot of people fear that the Falcon nameplate will finally end in that configuration. Although I think that the Falcon will wind up as uh, as a vehicle that uh, as a nameplate that will find its way onto another Ford here in America. So uh, Marianne's Falcon, as I said, was uh, a light blue. On top of dark blue, it was a spectacular car. It took her places uh, that I think she never thought she would go before uh, in her car. And uh, so I, I tribute the Falcon today as a celebration of her birthday, uh, but also as an apology, uh, I guess, in some ways for uh, putting her uh, through the road trip from hell. Uh, but uh, hopefully I've made up for it in uh, years where I've become more mature, a little bit smarter, and certainly uh, more of a human being than I was at uh, 18 and 19 years old. All right, we'll take a quick, quick, quick break here. Come back. we got a quick cartoon for you. Let's just go and, ahead and uh, do the cartoon now since we're running a little bit short on time. Okay, let's go ahead and do the cartoon now. Um, the Volkswagen 
uh, bus that we talked about before? Well, guess what? We found a cartoon with, uh, with the guy paying tribute to his uh, Volkswagen bus. So let's hear it uh, from... Let's hear from uh, country artist Jake Owen and his Volkswagen bus. All right, there's uh, Jake Owen and VW Van. Great uh, little song about the VW bus uh, that we talked about earlier in the show. He's talking about the older one. Uh, you know, we're talking about the new ID bus, but the concept and the idea is the same. And we thank him for that. That's our Saturday morning cartoon brought to you every Saturday morning because cars and music uh, go together so well. All right, time now for our little uh, testy test that we do. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, I'm not going to say anything ugly about the uh, Ford Escape Hybrid 2022 that I drove last week. Um, great vehicle. I, uh, um, and I know I was originally going to do the Kia this week, but I decided to uh, change over to the Ford Escape Hybrid because, uh, I don't know, I just did. Sorry about that. Uh, the Escape Hybrid, very, very uh, solid vehicle if you're looking for, for the, the second year that they've gone over to this configuration. Very, very good on fuel. I mean, you know, you got the uh, plug-in hybrid, which uh, allows you to go about uh, 40 or 50 miles or most of your around town driving on pure electric. So that right there is going to save you tons of money when you look at this thing. I thought it was a very roomy vehicle. First of all, from the outside, very sharp vehicle. Very good looking vehicle. Uh, It, uh, you know, carries that Ford SUV DNA. front seats that uh, are accommodating, supportive. I drove this down to California and back this car and was really, really impressed with it. Um, as far as uh, the handling and the dynamics of it, uh, the um, I probably would have liked to see a bit more of an upgraded uh, materials in the, in the cabin, you know, a little, little more softer touch stuff. But again, it was more than adequate. This is not a luxury vehicle in escape. It's uh, it's kind of a utilitarian, put the family in the car, let's go for pizza type of vehicle. Uh, and in that in that sense, it was very good. It had a nice soft, uh, excuse me, a nice uh, flat floor in the back. So you had more leg room. It didn't feel cramped. It had plenty of space to uh, put luggage and things like that, seated five people comfortably um, and and really did a nice job of uh, being a utilitarian vehicle, a vehicle that you could enjoy. Uh, The all-electric driving range, as I said, was about 37 to uh, 40 miles. And it really um, uh, handled well road well, uh, all of the stuff that you would look at as far as infotainment system was easily accessible, worked perfectly. Uh, This car is going to cost you in the neighborhood of about uh, $36,000, dollars to $40,000 if you want one uh, very well equipped. Uh, Goes up against a, a RAV4 and a Tucson. Definitely worth looking at. Another edition of Drive Time goes into the books. We thank you very much. My throat is a little ravaged here, so I apologize for that. Uh, but we'll see you next week if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise right here on Drive Time Radio. Thank you for listening.